Hey guys, this is Tracy Conrad. Before we get started today, can we ask you for a favor? If you're enjoying Wonderful to Tell, and if you listen on iTunes or the iPhone podcast app, would you take a moment to rate our show? This will make it easier for new listeners to find us, and we'd greatly appreciate your help. While you're at it, you can subscribe to our show. That way, new episodes will automatically appear in your library. We also post photos and cool insights about each new episode on Instagram, so be sure to follow us there, too. Thanks so much. And now, let's get started with the show. Tell of all his wondrous works. No one can fathom. Tell of all his Remember the wonders he has done. No one can fathom. Wonderful to tell. tell. Wonderful to tell. guys, this is Wonderful to Tell. I'm Tracy Conrad. When Wonderful to Tell was still in its inception, Gary Randall was one of the first men on our wish list of guests we hoped for, and we could not be more delighted that this day has arrived. In 1989, Gary Randall and Noble Crawford co-founded Hope Farm. Hope Farm is a leadership program guiding at-risk boys to become Christ-centered men of integrity that will be leaders of their families, churches, communities, and the nation. Here's Gary Randall. Okay, um, Father, we want you to, to be glorified by what I say and do. So stand in my body, speak with my mouth, think with my head. And Father God, um, lead it and guide to a place where you receive all the glory. I just want you to know that God doesn't waste nothing. I know that's bad English, but God don't waste nothing. Prior to coming to um, the city of Fort Worth, I work with children in Los Angeles. I work with children at McLaren Hall, the largest juvenile treatment facility. Then I left there and went to a place called the Hilltop House, and I dealt with inner city kids staying in a house in Hollywood. And then after that, I left and I went to this place called the Dignity Center. And we were dealing with inner city kids after school. So, but I wasn't saved. So to make a long story short, God saved me. And when God saved me, we moved from California to Texas. And so I was going, looking for a job. And I went to the city of Fort Worth and I went down to City Hall And I walked in and there were a bunch of police officers there and they were attracted to me. They they said, come over here and they signed me up. And a week later, I was a Fort Worth policeman. I I was getting ready to go to the academy. And it's amazing. And so 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 God saved me and God was doing some incredible things. In fact, coming here to Texas, and I felt God calling me back to Texas, we prayed and blessed our way from California to Texas. And um, and so when I was a Fort Worth policeman, Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship is a church that I attend. And, um, and they had a men's breakfast. And at the men's breakfast, Bill Glass, the former uh, NFL Hall of Famer, um, Lyman, had a prison ministry, and it was called Weekend of Champions. And so he gave a presentation to us, a predominantly African-American audience. 
and he gave a presentation about going into the prison and minister to the guys in the prison. And so all the guys sat there and they sat through the presentation and and their attitude was, huh, I ain't going to sign up to go to prison. I, I spent all my life trying to stay out the prison. I ain't going to no prison. And so I signed up. But I signed up very emotionally. I, I, you know, I, when I was signing up, I didn't even give it a thought that I was a policeman. And so I signed up and I was thinking that the time for me to go to that, the weekend of champions was going to be a long time off. And, you know, I thought I could probably put it off, but it came and it came fast. And, and what happened? The enemy started with fear. He just kind of whispered fear in my head. He said, well, you know, you're a policeman. What if someone recognizes you? What are you going to do then? And the step, the day, actually the day of the trip, that fear turned into intimidation. And that fear really began to personified. It became alive. It was a, a being. And it was like, you lost your mind. You're crazy. And I, and as I was getting on the bus, the steps to the bus seemed like they were five feet tall. I could, I could barely step, get up there because intimidation was so intense. And so I was thinking, maybe I shouldn't do this, but God wanted me to do it. And so I was on the bus. And I got about halfway there, and the whole time I was riding, intimidation and fear was sitting right next to me. And he was telling me, you're going to get recognized. Someone's going to call, identify you, and there's going to be some drama in the prison yard. I was like, oh, my goodness. My mind was just being flooded with that. And then right at the midway point of the trip, I started to get off the bus and call my wife and tell her to come and get me. But God wanted me to go. I, God didn't say go, but I just felt in my spirit that he wanted me to go on that prison trip. And so the bus was still rolling, and then we rolled into Amarillo. And you're talking about intensity of the psychological pressure that intimidation and fear had this grew to a monster. It was sitting right there. It was, in fact, it stopped sitting next to me, sat right in my lap and right in my face. It said, you are crazy. You're going to get identified. And, and we rode up to the prison and my mind was flooded with that possibility. And then when I saw the prison, my whiteboard of my brain was wiped clean. The prison walls were so enormous. Around the prison, there were three cyclone fence with Constantine wire on the top. And the, the gates of the prison were so enormous. And so we went into the prison. And I'll never forget this. As long as I live, the sound of the prison gate closing behind me. It closed with the sound of such finality. And I went into the prison and they identified us and, and then we walked into the yard and I was at home. I was 
talking to people. I was talking noise. I was just having a good time. And I asked the director, I said, can you tell me what the penal population is? And he says, the penal population is 80% African-American. I said, 80%, 8 0%. And we're just 12% of the population? There's something wrong. There was a dead monkey on the lion's back. And while I was in the prison, I was interfacing with the guys, and that this one young guy came up, and he was 19 years old. And he was 19 years old, and he had a 20-year sentence. So do the math. How old was he going to be when he leaves the prison? So as I walked around the prison, he just followed me. And, and he followed me. For, I think he followed me for me, followed me for a specific reason, because I, it was clear to me that discipleship is not in a vacuum. You're going to be taught something. You're going to either be taught to do something right or you're going to be taught to do something wrong. And this kid had been taught to do something wrong. And so he's paying the penalty of his doing wrong. And so and he was so needy and he was he was so hungry for just a relationship with a man. And the prison visit ended and they came and picked us up on the bus. And and while we were on the bus, some guys from Amarillo jumped on the bus and they said that the ladies have prepared food for you. Come over and eat. And I thought, eat. I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat. And I was just devastated by my experience. So I went back to the hotel. I um, walked to my room and opened the door and I closed the door behind me. And when I closed the door behind me, I just fell on my knees and I started weeping. I said, Lord, I'm available to you. Lord, use me. Lord, if you want me to work in the prison, I'll work in the prison. I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord, I am available. And the Lord made it clear to me that he didn't want me working in the prison. He wanted me working to keep him out the prison. So right there in my hotel room, the Lord birthed the vision for Hope Farm, a ministry to inner city boys who didn't have fathers in their life. And, and it was clear to me that God called me to that because he gave me so many things like God said to me it was it's easier to prepare than it is to repair so we started with boys who were five and we had the privilege of teaching those boys how to be men and so you know that weekend was a deepening of my relationship with God because one of the things that was perfectly clear to me that when God calls you to something, he never ever calls you to anything that you can do. He always calls you to something that you don't have the ability to do. And you use him and he uses you to pull it off. And so it's just incredible what happens when you make yourself available to God, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. And, 
And that's what life is about, is making yourself available to him to use you. Life is too short to do anything else other than the will of God. And that's why we're here. It's his will, not mine. Thank you. Gary Randall is an exceptional man and a visionary, devoting all his strength to the work God has given him to do with his whole heart. You might listen to Gary's story and think, there's no way I could achieve even a fraction of what Gary has done. But how about it? Has God called you to do something, something that you don't have the ability to do? Are you willing to take a risk? Will you trust God to provide what you need? Why not? Go ahead and reach for the stars. Just like Gary said, the sky is the limit. And life is too short to do anything else. To see photos of Gary and his family and to learn more about his work, please visit our website at wonderfultotell.com. Also, please subscribe to this podcast, Wonderful to Tell, so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. This episode has been produced by Brad and Tracy Conrad with the invaluable support of our crew members, Michael, Lindy, Kevin, Katie, Karen, Nancy, Mark, Debbie, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed our intro, Lindy Conrad came up with our name, and Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. And thanks for listening.